What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. I'm Aaron. I'm James. And we are the Dads of Destiny. Welcome to the show. We're super excited y'all are hanging out with us. Hope you're having a great day, a great week. We just had a big thing happen in the game of Destiny we're going to talk about and some other things, some other topics we have going on. Uh, excited about today's show. Dude, Have I know you're a big raid guy. I am, and... I didn't get the opportunity to check out anything raid related. Like I know it was contest mode going on. Um, I don't know who won the raid race. Um, I know Datto is kind of my raid connoisseur guy. Like For I always sure. watch his guides and everything like that. And I know he's generally a lot of times his team is towards the top of the leaderboard in terms of completing or competing for the raid race yeah he's gotten like second place like two or three times i know he's won a few times as well no he's actually never won really yeah he's always gotten but he's like normally i thought for sure there was at least one time he won he he got super close and he like they missed it by like one second or half a second i think it was garden or something like that that's gotta suck because he made a video about how he's like um what is that like? Always like a bridesmaid, never the bride thing. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> so, have you gotten to check out any of the the most recent raid? So, I haven't gotten to play it yet, which we'll have to like figure out. You and I'll have to figure oh, out for a, sure a way to get a run in. Um, I watched the raid race uh, whenever it was happening back and forth because you know it's kind of hard to just sit down for like four hours. Yeah. And um, how long? Like, what was the completion time for the? Right so first world first so one team smashed it at two and a half hours Dang. yeah and like, was there like a big gap in between that team and then the yes. next few teams to complete yes like, oh, so like they, did they just get lucky or yeah i mean they figured it man. out like got in there and uh it was i think the team was called hard in the paint which i think i think works perfectly for us because we're going to talk some basketball today too <laughs> Uh, as as the recording of this podcast, March Madness has officially started. Um, had the first four play last night, but they yeah. So it was Team Hard in the Paint won it, and they were just like they had just figured everything out. There was a big um, there was a, like one like one encounter that really got everyone stuck, and that was mm-hmm. the planet one. I don't know if you've seen that part. No, yet. I haven't. Seen okay, it. so I'm. Tra- I'm- blind completely to the raid it looks like i mean you know destiny always does a really good job on the visuals Mm -hmm. and it it looks like one of the i mean you can't say one of it is because it's brand new it i mean they definitely killed it on the visuals department it is absolutely wild what is it kind of i feel like in the past they've kind of introduced things in like the campaign or so and it kind of reoccurs visually or mechanics wise in the uh the raid is that kind of stand true yeah there's um because you know now now it's the light and dark thing mm-hmm. so how they're actually just tools is it kind of like a cyberpunk feel kind of i feel like that was kind of the vibe in mm. the the campaign yeah uh no it's not it's more of um yeah i know what you mean because you have like the um just the city that a lot of the yeah. on Neptune, just real big cyberpunk kind of vibes for sure. Now on this one, no, you're back into like it. it kind it, of where makes, does it take place at? It so it takes place on the Witnesses Pyramid. Okay, 
Yeah. So on the witnesses pyramid, um, where, you know, the opening cut scene where the traveler shoots Mm -hmm. it. So apparently when the traveler shoots it, it, you know, it, it shoots it with so much like light and life force that there's like a tree, you know, like, and uh, uh, so it's called like the tree of silver wings and, mm-hmm. you know, lore thing here for everybody. It's like the tree of silver, <laughs> silver wings. And like, basically like it plants one and it starts to grow. And from that different, you know, it like helps create life and makes for, for or soil, super fertile, all those things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and so in it, and then it ends up like, um, helping Nezarak like come back to life. And Nezarak is Nezarak is the boss in it, and so oh, okay. yeah, so the uh, and um, that's did you you assumed that's who it was going to be, right? Yeah, I, th- I think everyone did because he shows up in like how you said in the campaign, like he mm. shows up in the campaign all the time, like he's and he's a disciple, right? He is. Uh, he's also so he's like known as like the you know, it's Nezarak, the final god of pain. Um, so is he the disciple then essentially kind of, no, I don't think there is a, the disciple. Um, I think like all of them, you know, cause you, you fight callous in the, in, in the ray or sorry, in the campaign mm-hmm. and he's, you know, he's a disciple. And so I didn't realize callous was a, was, has he always been a disciple? Like even look. Le- when Leviathan was going on? No, he was like trying to become one. Then he became a disciple. Um, and so that was, that was kind of like his thing. It's how he's like, Oh, I've been to the edge of the universe. And he was trying to like prove to the witness that he could be a disciple. Mm-hmm. And then the witness takes him on as a disciple. So Nezarak was a disciple, but he was like the, um, if you would say like, like he was kind of like a more annoying one. He wouldn't always listen and, follow orders because he was more concerned like so with the witness he's like concerned with like finality whatever that looks like in his mind you know what this is all kind of reminding me of i know you watch this show as well demon slayer and like the upper and lower yes. moons or whatever i get <laughs> yes. demon slayer vibes yeah it it, it definitely now that you put that yeah for sure it definitely does which dude by the way i'm super hyped for i'm so behind on it so don't spoil anything oh man I'm, it's so good the train uh, arc was the last thing I saw. Oh, okay, so, man. And no it, spoilers. Yeah, dude. And it's, I mean, it's, and it's going to get like, and it's just going to get way better. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Cause I think then that you did the train arc. So I think the next one for you is the entertainment district. Okay. I haven't seen anything. About super that. good. Super, super good. If you're on a, do you have Hulu? I don't. Oh man. I need a Hulu. Gotcha. Subscription. I got you fam. Okay. I appreciate yeah. that. Sidebar. Y'all didn't hear any of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh um but yeah so with uh sorry uh, for that sidetrack no yeah no it's totally i mean it's totally good i mean we could even get into talking like mha you know like that's a good oh, one too i'm so, behind on that too but, oh man it's oh, okay so bro good. i got I you love. i got your plug <laughs> i appreciate you, you got a plug now and so the uh um so it, it ends up so nezarak is he he was like the guy who he uh <clears throat> see I, I get more of like star wars vibes from it like oh, you so have the emperor yeah like the oh, sith i can see that and, and then space like, and everything like yeah that. yeah like, like probably the more of an apt comparison and, and, but even that though it like with that they all like because each one is different and like so with nezarak like he wasn't content how rolk would like subdue and then like conquer and destroy just real quick like nezarak mm-hmm. wanted to cause tons of pain uh, torture exactly yeah. exactly like night terrors like all those things you know like even his weapon is called like the night terror so they did a really good job considering like his pyramid or his ship is the one that's on uh, the moon 
and you know and, and there's all those nightmares and that's coming from who he is and all his evilness and and they did a really good job with like the whole storytelling of Nezarak. Um, it does feel though to me like it's a little bit of a filler because I don't really see how Nezarak really plays into the like the final shape going into like the next one like what's going on like with the traveler and everything like it was almost like hey we need to like we need to get and destroy uh you know we need need to figure out how to get through the portal where the witness opened up on the traveler and it's like oh hey wait wait hold on um uh, (laughs) so you don't feel like it advances the story no i I, do you feel like vow did though i did i felt like vow like not only did it advance the story because I felt like it completed the story because mm-hmm. we took out Savathun and now we know about like where the worms came from with the hive, you know, mm-hmm. and you, and we know that from, uh, the book of sorrows, which have you got, and you said you haven't gotten to that one yet, right? No, I haven't. So the book of sorrows, which is like a great, it, it the, the hard thing with destiny lore that I learned or like, as like trying to get people it's into deep. it is, <laughs> It is so deep, and I feel like I'm a, a J.R.R. Tolkien novel. Like, I, dude, I think yeah. I mean, sil- it, what's the the super deep the similarian or something like that? I don't know, but I know what you're talking. But I mean, it. You know, I think you hit it spot on with a with a the Tolkien thing because a buddy of mine is like heavily into. Uh, he's a realtor in Colorado, and he's heavily into the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. Middle Earth. And we went, we were at a bachelor party. We we went to a bachelor party. We were, you know hung out, had some drinks, and we we we, uh, we all came back home. And he was telling me about it. And I've known this guy my whole life. And then so we were sharing a room, and he starts telling me about it. And he's like, "Dude, are you sure?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man, let me know about it." Because he was listening to it on audiobook. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, this is actually like my third or fourth time through it. And then he starts talking about, um, I believe it's Margaroth and um, Sauron and how they're different and how like one was the I know Sauron. I have no clue who Margaroth is. Yeah, so, so I, I think I'm saying his name wrong. So Sauron was Margoth's like disciple, basically. Okay. And in that, um, but Sauron is like, or sorry, but Margoth is like twice as evil. Oh, well, wow. well, sorry, he's more destructive, but Sauron is like more evil because Sauron wanted to like manipulate you and like destroy you completely. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Margoth would just come in and just annihilate everybody. Yeah. So, you know, so he, they were both still evil, mm-hmm. very evil. Um, And then, but then he starts like really going in depth and then I just fall asleep as he's talking. <laughs> Because it was like two or three in the morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then there was like a wedding the next day. And so I was just like, dude, I'm I'm out, bro. And he was probably amped just because he could talk about Lord of the Rings. He was. He was. Because <laughs> the next day he called me out. Like we we're having coffee and he's like, bro, you fell asleep at like. When I was telling you about the Elven War of 1732. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so he was, he was a little, you know, uh, a little bent up about it. But. Oh. I digress. It's it was almost like one of those. I, I you know it makes me feel like it was like a, like a Kanye West moment. Like, hey, I'm gonna let you finish, but <laughs> you need to go fight Nazarak real quick. Yeah, and and it's kind of like, hey, but isn't like if the traveler goes away or the traveler dies, don't we lose our powers? Yeah. Like at least three of them, which we Where, ob- obviously so need. 
Do you feel like when uh, the end of the light and darkness, do you think we're going to lose all our powers and get something completely new or just transition over to darkness? Yeah, I think it'll just be, I think that it'll just be like different threats trying to take over the universe, you know? Like, so I feel, you don't think our powers are going to go away? We're just going to get a new enemy, I guess? Yeah, that's what I think is going to oh, okay. happen. And not only that, like, I think that the nine are secretly enemies. Like Xur? Yeah. And those yeah, yeah. Who, people? Yeah, yeah, whoever he represents. Because they're always, like, watching from afar. Um and they're like so I feel like they are and then you know you have um aren't uh, the who are Drifter. the um because before Trials of Osiris because it was Trials of Osiris in D1 right and then it was Trials of the Nine right yeah yeah well, which I feel like they should have kept that and then just made it good like they did Trials of Osiris yeah but they kind of you know because I thought the that same was cool game type kind of essentially right I think so, but to be fair, I didn't play Trials of the Nine, mm. um, uh, and actually, dude, I haven't even ran the Prophecy Dungeon, uh, and they have some pretty cool weapons in there that I need to yeah. check out. There's just it's just one of those, man. It's, sometimes the game is just so deep that if you're not having like a regular time to play, you get so far behind. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do, and, <laughs> and then you try to play catch up and do the next new thing, like. I think I'm two dungeons behind. Yeah, on, that I haven't ran at all. I, I think you're only one because you know because you've done duality, right? Duality, the one once. where you fight Keitel. Yes, yeah. once, but I just got completely carried through that. I have no idea what even weapons I got or armor or anything. Yeah, it, I think there's the the main one to get through there is like the they have an SMG that's really mm. good, a void SMG that's supposed to be better than just like a little bit better than. Um, uh, what's that one gun? Oh, then the funnel web. Okay. So, did you? That actually brings up something like, I, I, and I don't know if you were playing it. Were you playing whenever the recluse was around? No. So Is that rec- a sniper? No. So it's actually. Um, so all these SMGs that are named like spiders, like mm. after spiders, like they're basically after yeah. this this SMG that was the recluse, and it was a. Um, it was a crucible weapon, and I got it by accident. I didn't even realize it because I wasn't paying attention that much, and I would just play crucible here and there because mm-hmm. there were guys who were grinding it out, you know. And then I remember getting the recluse, and it was literally the best gun in the game. Oh wow! Like by far, like you would not like if you weren't running the recluse, it was a void for like all activities or just everything. Oh wow! Yeah, everything. And was there a specific <laughs> god role for like PVE PVP, or was there just the recluse in general. It was just the recluse in general. So mm. I, I don't. You may be able to pick it up, um, and then and I don't know if it's like at a, like a different light level, but I think they nerfed it a bunch. But it had one. It had this perk called Master of Arms that rolled over to all of your weapons. Oh wow! So imagine getting a kill, and then it basically procs Rampage at like times two. And then it also gave you handling, range, and stability for all of your weapons on like your next like three rounds. Oh wow! Or three oh, it's seconds. not even on a oh, three seconds. That's that's one of the thing. I am not that intense that I do like oh shoot three people and then you switch to this weapon and then you shoot them once and then you switch to this weapon like. Some I'm, of the guys in our clan yeah. do that, and I just get so overwhelmed playing and having to do things like that to optimize damage or whatever. Yes. 
So that was the thing about the recluso is you just did it while you played the game. Like so, really? you would sit there and you would you know you would clear out a bunch of ads, switch over to your heavy, mm. and now you have like now you're switching you know two times faster to your heavy. Yeah, and you're pumping out two to three times the damage. So it was like, hey, clear ads with this gun, and then go to town with everything else, you yeah. know. And then you were, you're, I mean, your damage numbers were just insane. But I'm with you too. Like I, you know, it just gets overwhelming. Like I just like, okay, I use this gun for this thing and this gun for this thing. But okay, you have to do this gun to set up this, and then that sets up this, and then it's just like, okay, yeah, I'm just I'm hitting my old man stage where it's starting to get too overwhelming <laughs> or for me i look at it and i go i'm watching it and i'm like whenever you know because then you get to see like damage numbers and they're like guys look at this damage that i'm doing and i'm like dude you're at like 2.2 i'm at 2.1 yeah <laughs> you're putting way too much effort for that extra 100k because mm-hmm. i'm not raid racing yeah like I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like I'm, am I good? Like it's I'm, just, I'm here for a good time, right? Like, <laughs> not a long maybe time. Maybe to help somebody if they're willing to learn. I actually, I do enjoy helping people. Yeah, but oh. as long as they're willing to learn. I mean, like, do you sherpered a lot of people though? Yeah. Like so, like let's let's be fair. Like you are really good at raids. Thank you, thank you. So you can definitely get somebody, definitely get somebody through. And I know what you mean. Like if they're willing to learn, because you do yeah. run into some trolls. Yeah, like it just be agreeable at least like (laughs) even if you're bad i'm willing to try and help and pick up the slack but just don't bring the group down yeah be a good time (laughs) there was uh, there is i remember doing a raid doing deep stone with this guy who he was not running um he wasn't running a hand cannon he was a hunter and he had lucky pants which this was at the time when lucky pants didn't give you any boost they just gave Mm -hmm. you like swap speed but he wasn't running a hand cannon, wouldn't run Nighthawk. And he was like, no, nah, man, it, it makes my character look dumb. <laughs> the character that you can't even see. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I'm like, bro, you're super frustrated. Like, you're frustrating me a lot because we were, I think we lost at like a final stand. And, and I was just like, we just need the damage. Like, we need you to hit yeah. one shot and the damage from Nighthawk. And we're good, bro. Yeah. Like everyone else is pumping uh, lead into him. Kick. Yeah. Kick. <laughs> and here you are with lucky pants. Yeah. And they so, look cool though, man. Yeah. I, I, it's my space cowboy. I, dude, I'm with it. I'm with it. I, yeah. You know, the destiny fashion, like I get that's like oh, the ultimate I'm all in about, game. Yeah. Once you, if you can build around it, I'm all for destiny fashion, but I'm definitely more function over fashion. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Like, if you're just sitting there, like you said, bringing the raid team down. But he's a guy who, he's gotten really, I mean, he's really good now. And mm-hmm. so he runs, you know, he'll do a couple raids with us. But I remember at the time, I was I was literally, like, texting my brother on the side. Because, you know, you have them side texts and stuff that you're like, do we really need this guy? Can we find someone else really quick so I can go to bed? <laughs> I th- was it from your old clan? No, it's like a it's a raid group oh, okay. that my little brother has that I always run with. Okay, yeah, it's all his friends. There was I remember there was a guy that he I played with you and I was trying to optimize his build a little bit because we were having some trouble with Atheon, and he was giving me a lot of pushback. Cause it's like, oh no, that messes up my void build. Blah blah blah. No, that was him. Oh, that was, was the, him. The I'm, pretty sure was him. Oh, yep. okay. I'm pretty sure it was him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him. 
Because we, because I remember having a talk with him, be like, "Dude, you need to switch to Nighthawk from Lucky Pants," and it was like an, an ordeal. Yeah. So yeah, no, yeah, we were running uh, ADR, and you were like, "Dude, come on, man, we've been here for like an hour." Yes. I'm trying to get help y'all get y'all's first completion. Yeah. Like that's what it was because uh, I think he was. You were trying to get us to run Blade Barrage. I think that's what it was because there was like something where oh, you could yeah. where you could loop it, mm-hmm. and he probably had freaking lucky pants on. <laughs> oh, and you were man. like, dude, just put on like shards just, of Galanor. <laughs> no, man, and we my can build. It. No, oh man, come on, man, my build. I love my Boyd. I, I Poison love, Man yeah. build or whatever he called it. Oh man, I love my Void build with my lucky pants. <laughs> I'm a Void Space Cowboy. I appreciate that, dude. I appreciate that uh, on Strikes and Gambit and everything else that doesn't matter. When you're not wasting right five other grown men's time. Exactly. Oh man, dude. So yeah, so the, the raid looks super cool. I'm excited to run it. It does look to be kind of like that DSC kind of easier raid to to complete. I think the other thing too is that I mean the raids have to just be more encounters because there are so many people who've been. Uh, I was watching a guy. Uh, How's the loot? That's what. That's all I care about, dude. Honestly. That <laughs> shotgun, the exotic shotgun, is the real deal, Lucille. Really? Oh, it does. Have you seen it yet or no? Mm-mm. So it's I'm called the occluded. Brand- uh, you look like Mr. Wilson from. Home improvement. All I see is the top. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting new mics here soon. So, but um, the uh, so with the occluded, it's called the occluded finality, and it's a solar and stasis shotgun. Oh wow, it's yeah. So that's cool. So you shoot one, and so and the solar comes out in a circle, and the stasis comes out in a triangle. Um, And if you hit all of the, I can't remember which one goes first, but. I think it's stasis and yeah, it's stasis and then solar, but it's a side by side shotgun. The visuals on it are really cool. Like when it's loaded, like the stasis crystal is sticking out and the other side's on fire. So oh, wow, it, cool. yeah, the, the, it's it's really really cool. You can um, so that's like the Vex class of this raid. Yeah, yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's the exotic for it, and they and dude, and so you hit if you hit like majority, of, it says you know almost all the pellets, you freeze the target. Oh wow. And then if you hit majority of the pellets with, um, or it says almost all, whatever that is, it, um, excuse me, it causes the, an ignition to happen. So they, they light up and they blow up. That's cool. Oh, dude. So it's like. And what, is it a heavy No, special? it's a kinetic shotgun. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's in your kinetic spot even? Yes. I love a kinetic shotgun. Oh, Dude, I, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, dude, this thing, like, for... What's the, like, spread pattern or whatever? Dude, it's like a... Per, like, on the first one, it's a perfect triangle, which is really weird, kind of cool, and so... So, is that a slug, or is that... What's the... No, it's not a slug. It's it's weird. It's like the pellet spread, it shows it, it's like a triangle. Oh, okay. So, and then... um, So, it's great for, like, boss damage, because you're going to... You could get a headshot, and then, like, the rest of it hits their body, because mm-hmm. of how the triangle is, yeah. and then... The, the circle is like for a perfect body shot. You just, you know. Um, and so then you can't crit the the second shot? You can. You can. You, yeah, you totally can. It's just one of those. If you already have them frozen, like you might as well just set them on fire and make them, yeah. you know, make them blow up and then cause more damage because uh, then it blows up everything. But it's it looks really good. I know there was a lot of hate saying like some of it was like too easy. 
Um, I think the guys who beat it, they, you know, they just, I think they just got super lucky. They were in the zone, figured everything out really quick. And then is it pretty mechanic heavy or like, um, I think, I think, I think every raid feels like to me, at least every raid feels pretty mechanic heavy, but it's also, I mean, dude, it's also like people are, who are doing, like we've been doing raids for like nine years now. Yeah. Dang, that's crazy. I mean, and that's the thing that a lot of people don't, don't think of like, oh, you know, but it's like, Hey, you also got to give like credit. I was watching there and I hope they keep doing it. Um, shout out to this guy, Evan, 90, Evan, 1997, they did, he was like, look, I'm not running the raid, but I'm going to be covering the raid race. Mm-hmm. So he had like 30 tabs open on Twitch and he was flipping to each one and it was him Dang. and a buddy and they were like covering like who's going to be first. Yeah. And so being able to just switch and like, and they had great commentary. He's a good guy that does like all the lore and talks about like, I mean, he's way more into it. So check him out. He's really cool. But it was it was a great I mean, he did a great job like showcasing everything, flipping back and forth. And then he was like, oh, my gosh, like these guys are about to beat it. There was a bunch of people who got to the boss at the same time and they happened to just figure it out and and kill him before a wipe. And then, oh, they didn't even wipe. No, uh, um, I think they might have wiped like two or three times, okay. but you know, there's a final stand mechanic, mm. which I think, I think it's cool. I think that's, that's a fun thing in destiny. Um, but it was definitely one of those where there was a lot of people there. They just happened to like get lucky. And the thing that came through for them was Gallahorn. <laughs> like it just, it, I mean, it really did. They, they were the first one. Even ones. with like anarchy, making its resurgence yeah Gallahorn's still the the king yeah it, it, it still was because i mean Gallahorn, it just i mean you get everybody wolfpack rounds one person's using divinity now all of a sudden all these rockets are and that was like the heavy damage dealer that got on through it now of course there's more optimized damage dealers like somebody there's a raid team that beat it with uh rat kings six rat kings <laughs> i hate that just super or i guess it can be fun for encounters and everything like it, that. it has to be like i have it and i don't even have the catalyst but like mm-hmm. i'm trying to find like five other people to be like hey let's run this and see what it's like to <laughs> yeah because apparently it becomes really really good like it's mm-hmm. i know it's like a joke we should try that for eli's uh uh oh yeah Gellhorn we we definitely catalog. should definitely definitely should so it's but it, it it but I think it was cool. I'm excited to run it. It looks really good. Um, there's even like certain like there's like one stage like the planet stage that just looks awesome. Mm-hmm. And it was from like a cutscene from the witness. So so if it, it's on the pyramid, does it kind of resemble Val? Yes, it does. Yeah, oh, okay. for sure. And I think every I didn't time like you hit the a pyramid, aesthetic of Val that much. Like it's not. Because it was know. real dark. Yeah. And it was kind of, it wasn't like how, because I'm trying to think of the other ones. Um, so Leviathan was like real bright with purple and gold. Uh, Garden Leviathan yeah, a lot. Yeah, it was, it was like Leviathan was a lot of fun. Garden of Salvation um, was good. That's the um, Divinity Raid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that one was because like, it, you know, it was real bright, real green. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Deep Stone, like it was all. Deep Stone was really cool. It was. It was. Because you were like running through a factory and then there was all this snow this, everywhere. The jumping puzzle, that that whole sequence is really cool. The oh, music and everything yes. like that. That Deep Stone lullaby. Mm-hmm. Dude, I actually, I have that on a playlist because it is, it It'll was just that good. Yeah. Yeah. And you like you get on there and you're like, whoa, I literally feel like I'm jumping through space. Yeah. 
they did a fan fantastic job on that one uh yeah and um and then i think that is the thing is like vow is i mean they did a really good job with like you know kind of still implementing like the darkness causes you to be it's intimidating the first time you go through it yeah but visually it's not that appealing to me and i think that was what their goal was i think they want it more intimidating than the but not as intimidating as like king's fall no yeah king's fall is that's a pretty scary raid to go into or and like croto even was too I don't, you haven't ran that because that was in D one. No, I, I didn't. I never got to run it. I hope they bring it back, but I heard it's super easy. I heard it's more like a yeah. dungeon. Um, yeah. but I've seen it. Done, I, but I, I've seen it because you would just have thrall mm-hmm. You're popping like up going everywhere from the the darkness maze or whatever, and like the lore build up or not the lore, but like the commercials and everything leading up to Crota and Eris, like saying how intimidating it all was and everything, and all her fire team died. It was pretty cool build up. Yeah. Oh, dude, definitely. And I remember seeing uh, my little brother was actually going through it at our house. Um, we were all hanging out and he brought his uh, his Xbox over. And so and then uh, actually remember Scott, shout out to Scott Nichols. Mm-hmm. Like he actually was like, oh, yeah, dude, I could take you through it real quick. And that was the first raid he got to complete because <laughs> I think he was like 14 or 15 at the time, something like oh, that. Wow. Um, and so he might have been younger, but. Yeah, he might have been like, actually, yeah, I think he was like 12. Yeah, he was like 12 or 13, between 12 and 14. And so, you know, finding people like his friends that were good enough to do the raid was yeah. it was kind of difficult. And and Scott was, I think Scott was like 19 or 20, somewhere around there. And he's like, oh, yeah, dude, I got you. And so he hopped <laughs> in with a bunch of people, dude. And they just, I mean, they ran right through it and yeah, carried it. Because back when Crota was a thing, people, everybody just wanted a sword bearer. Because that's like mm. what you needed to defeat like the final boss. And there weren't that many good ones. So I would just hop on LFGs and like, I'm a sword bearer. Just get through people through. And oh, nice. It was just like, okay, you just have to shoot your rockets. Not even Galahorn because I didn't have Galahorn at the time. Yeah. So I had to develop the skill of being a sword bearer to complete Crota. Because oh. everybody needed or wanted Galahorn and I didn't have it. So I had to develop this skill and then I just started helping groups or whatever. So that was a cool time period for me for my Destiny fandom. Nice. Yeah, I mean, Crota was the one that kind of um, that kind of started it and everybody was excited about it. But then, you know, like you said, King's Fall came out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that raid is just still so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. I mean, I think the last time we tried to run it, we had connection issues. And, mm-hmm. you know, everyone just kept getting booted the whole time. And Did you... So, I remember. Did you complete it that day? I did not. I did not. So, yeah, have you completed King's Fall before? Uh, yeah, I have. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I completed it before. We were running it, say, and then shut the podcast off. We're gonna have to get you your first King's right. Fall. Right. Yeah. Watch out. No. Yeah, I have completed it before, and we were doing great with that team that we found. Mm. Uh, and then, um, yeah, like all of a sudden, dude, my game crashed all the way to. I had to like oh, yeah, reinstall you had to reinstall it. the game, and we were wait like the that was a good group it we was waited like a a good 45 minutes y'all I did i mean and, and everybody you. was talking like yeah we, like we were just saying uh, yeah we'll wait for them they were random completely random strangers so yeah and then it finally and then i think after uh and then 
by the time it loaded up, I think y'all y'all continued on and y'all were done in like thirty minutes. Like it was hardly any any. Oh, we time. completed I think first try after you left. Like we just picked up a random. Not that you kept us from completing it or right. anything like that. You just got kicked. Yeah, I mean, I was stuck at that jumping puzzle forever. So like, <laughs> so then, so then that's a funny story too. Is that I, I get my little brother in and I'm like, hey, look, I can't go any further than where I was at because. With those jumping puzzles, you have to have one person stay back and step on the plates. Uh, uh, uh. Well, if you're uh, if you're a hunter, you do. Not if you're a warlock and you dom blade across. No, but there's was it the um, the wall that kicked you off of things? Yeah, yeah, you can get past that as any class. Really, you'll yeah. have to show me that. So you go from the secret chest and then you just jump across. Oh, you jump across from the secret chest. Mm. Okay, now that's where. I, so, I, so I would take them up to. I would take took my little brother up to the secret chest, let him get a gun or whatever. Mm. And so he was like, "Oh yeah," and then had him step on it, and then we kind of ran up there, okay. and then and then that was it. But yeah, I needed someone because I could get around one side, but I couldn't get to the other side from. Yeah, where you can I was get at. from the secret chest to the daughter's encounter, but I'm almost certain you can't go any further from daughters you can't yeah. complete daughters no that. yeah yeah you you you, you, t- you you can't i mean at least maybe glad can but i can't <laughs> <laughs> so dude that actually so let's go ahead and transition to the next one and talk about uh cause, dude you, i gotta be honest man you got me super hooked into this flash comic that's super encouraging because we we've read um we've been reading flashpoint and each week we've done an issue at a time and this week we both (laughs) independently without even consulting we read a lot further ahead than just that one issue and we aren't even to the bulk of the flashpoint story which is super encouraging for me so this is kind of the build-up to flashpoint and i was going to present uh do you want to read all of the side stories like this is what we've read now is not even the mainline flashpoint it's the prelude up to it, and then once we get to Flashpoint, there's a lot, a lot of other branching out arc uh, stories telling the entirety of the Flashpoint arc. Oh, dude, I'm down for like the entirety of it because it's it, it to me it, it feels like it was just written so well. I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, I, I like to read, I like stories, I like storytelling. So yeah, anytime there's like good storytelling happening, like I'm in because I want to, you know, I want to check it out. Um, you know, the art. I feel like all comic arts are pretty much similar you know all these they can vary pretty drastically like there's another story that i'd like to um kingdom come i think is the next one i would like to read okay um but it's more realistic looking and everything like it's a great that's one uh dc story i have read it's really really good nice yeah so i'm I'm totally down for it but yeah i I would love to like read like all like the side you know do all the side quests Mm -hmm. if you will you know so for it because so that's what the the physical book that I have, it's called an omnibus and it ha- collects in chronological order the entirety of like the side stories and everything like that. And like the um, reading list I sent you, it collects and tells it the order that you need to read in. Nice. So I think you're up to, because we read Flash Rebirth. Yeah. Uh, and then you read the entirety of Flash Rebirth. I did. I got hooked on it. I, and then I was like, and you're like, hey, look, uh, all right, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, we're, we're a little bit ahead. And I was like, oh, sweet. And so I just kept reading. And then 
I was putting one of my little ones down and he has a tough time going to sleep. Yeah. So I ended up sitting in there for like an hour, sometimes two hours. <laughs> like, well, he, oh, the, wow. dude, daylight savings I, time totally messed us uh, up. I hate, I hate daylight savings Can time. Can we just shout that out as dads? Like that is the worst trying to get like your kids to get back to sleep, especially if you got yeah. young ones, like five and under. That's dude, not that adaption is tough for my daughter. It was tough just cause we couldn't the crying method or whatever that just put them down and let them cry it out. Yeah. We couldn't do that. Cause she, if she would cry, she would throw up. Dude. So we had to be in there with her rocking her to sleep, like lay her down gently, make sure she was completely asleep. Then Man. we could leave out. Our son's a great sleeper. Like, yeah. Dude, he hasn't my, had any issues with daylight savings time. Me personally, I'm just, I hate <laughs> the adjustment of losing that hour of sleep. Yeah. Do my youngest one is like getting, you know, like he has all these hot wheels and everything. So he mm. takes them to bed with him uh, and then he starts to hand them to me. Like as he's getting tired, <laughs> like that's how I know, like, okay, we're almost there. Like I, cause I have yeah. two out of the four that he's brought in here <laughs> into his bed, but now he's like, and, and I tried it yesterday cause I was talking to him and, and I was like, Hey, look, I'm going to walk out. And he was like, yeah, go for it. And I was like, <laughs> or do you want me to sit? And he was like, sit. And so he's like, leave. Sit, oh, wow. leave, and I was like, "That's it, bro." Like, we're yeah, not because he realized that game. he realized that. Yeah, <laughs> he exactly. Make you do what he. <laughs> yeah, he realized, Sit, father. Yeah, he realized like I was moving, so he's like, "Oh, this is a cool game." And yeah. so, um, but I was hoping, but in my mind, I knew it. Like, if I walk out of here and try to do like the cry it out method again, bro, he is gonna destroy these walls with these Hot Wheels by just like uh, driving yeah. on them all the time. So, uh, but yeah, so it, it's. Yeah, so sitting there, I ended up reading a whole bunch more. It just got hooked and was just kept. So kept you finished reading. it, and I got up to I finished episode or not episode. I finished issue four. Okay, and so to give you some kind of because they kind of run together. Yeah, sure. oh, especially when, like you when you sit down and long binge. Yes. So the last thing that happened for me is Wally went into the Speed Force, and he got Barry out of the the Speed Force. The Reverse Flash came. Did Jay lose his powers? Is that kind of, I didn't. Um, I n- no. So it was, um, so and then they, they brought they, several people out with them. Yeah. Um, who was it? The scientist guy that kind of was studying the speed force. Yes. Those um, characters are kind of some characters I'm unfamiliar with that, uh, I haven't really kind of taken a grasp on who they are, what they even do or right. impact they kind of have to the story. I mean, because it's, yeah. So I got the impression that Max Mercury, I think it was his name. He was kind of like a father figure for Barry's grandson. Yes. And he was like upset that he was still in the speed force while Barry got to get out, which is. Well, he said he couldn't get out because he had. He didn't have his lightning rod. Right. He didn't have that anchor. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. like where that it's like a focus for everyone, which, which I thought was was such a good such a cool story thing like mm. to just bring it in and, and and that's what really grounds them yeah but even that even as like readers and and someone who's taking interest in storytelling it's being able to bring it all home to be able to like make it relatable cuz i mean we're not going to relate to somebody who's got super speed right mm-hmm. like that can you know run back through time or whatever else it may be but having that one of like oh hey like you have an anchor or a lightning rod mm-hmm. that keeps you 
quote unquote grounded. Yeah. So you're not just caught up in the speed force was, was super, super cool. Um, and it was just, yeah. So that was, so like they were able to get them out. Um, and then they, he like, they were able to remove the black flash from. Mm-hmm. So when he went into the speed force, I didn't catch that. Cause Superman said that the black aura burned off of him as he was running. Okay. I didn't pick up on that, I guess, while I was reading until it was told to me. Huh. I didn't either. I'll have to go back and look at that. But I'm interested to see what they do of like having two flashes. Cause Wally kind of, I was explaining that to my daughter. Um, like, okay, Jay Garrick, he was the first flash and then Barry became the flash and then they just kind of passed the mantle on. They continued to pass the mantle. Yeah. But this is kind of going to be my first time seeing two characters that hold the mantle existing within the same universe or so. Cause right. like Spider-Man, Miles Morales and Peter Parker, they kind of, they exist, but they occupy two different spaces within my mind. Like Barry Allen and Wally West are just the flash. And yeah. Like a continuation of the flash. It would be weird to me to kind of have them both kind of coexist at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, That's definitely going to be unique on, on how they do it. I think Wally and it's supposedly Wally is supposed to be the fastest. The master of like the flash, like the epitome of what the flash can be. Right. He's the fastest. He's all those things. So, but Barry created the speed force was what we learned. What I. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting to me. Yeah. So like, like Barry creates a speed force by every time that he runs and he creates more of it. But then. Um, but then, you know, like you said, like from what we know outside of it now, of course, like, I think this is like you said, resetting everything. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll, we'll see as far as like when we read it. Cause but- it's clearly a Barry story. Yes. But Wally kind of came in and just shook everything up and saved the day, at least to the point that I'm at. Like, it, yeah, I mean, and, and he's going to, I mean, at least point that, that where, where I'm at, well, I can't, I don't want to like spoil ahead, but. Yeah, I mean, like Wally West is still the guy who's He's that dude. He's he is. him. Yes, he really is. Yeah. Like, 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 it, and this, you know, Barry is the main character. But if things get out of hand, oh, like, I love that moment that I sent to you. The that that's one, the coolest one. <laughs> that was awesome. Where Superman's running with Barry, and he's like, "I know I'm as fast as you, Barry. We've raced several times." Like he says, oh, that was for charity and just gone. Yes. That was awesome. Just puts it in canon that... Puts it in fifth gear and he's gone. Yeah, like, hey, Superman, like, I was running in third whenever I was racing you. (laughs) You know, like, those were for charity. Like, we're trying to make a good show happen. Mm -hmm. I'm way faster than you. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even close. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a... <laughs> like whenever you you play like your son in like basketball mm-hmm. or something on his they start little talking goal. smack <laughs> like you I can score on you whenever I want yes. you thought that yes absolutely <laughs> my daughter does that all the time oh. and now I'm just gonna have that in the back of my mind w- without a doubt that was for charity yeah <laughs> <laughs> charity to you yes so it it's great I you know and uh, now are you actually reading this with your kids I am nice it's so much so that like my it's like an incentive like if you don't eat your dinner we're not going to read flash and like my daughter she spent the night at um my in-laws house the last uh night Uh and she got home 
and she was like traumatized that she had to leave Papa Grandma. And like I soothed her with, okay, we can read Flash that can kind of help set back in the routine and like things that you enjoy about being home. Yeah. And I was like, do you want to start from where Judah and I left off or go back and read what you last read? And we read what she last read and she really helped calm her down and we really enjoyed it. And she's grasping the story. And like I was saying, the Jay Garrick thing, like. She's learned a lot of new work because I encourage her if there's something across the page you don't understand and she's great about asking, OK, what does that word mean? What is that? Because there are things like the daughter, uh, Wally's daughter. Yeah. One of her powers is intangibility. And I just oh, skimmed over what that yeah. that word and just, OK, that's just a superpower. I didn't know what it meant. But she asked me, what is intangibility? And I had to think, okay, I don't know what that means, but I would have just skimmed over it. Yeah. So it's been interesting to kind of like take in every aspect and not just skimming over things and me, myself, even learning things here and there. And as a kid, that's that was a mechanism for learning for me. I took a lot of things from pop culture and took it in and took it as an opportunity to learn. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things, even just like in reading, like while reading, mm-hmm. while reading is so powerful, like I try to teach, and we're kind of getting ahead, but here's like, you know, some dad advice. I try to teach my son, you know, hey, if you can read, you can learn anything. Yeah. And that's like so true. Like if you can read, like you can, you know, oh, I don't learn that way, but you can kind of teach yourself. Like if you yeah. can read, like it may take you longer to grasp it mm-hmm. than visual or whatever else, but I mean, it takes away all the hindrances because if we ever end up in apocalypse, you know, like, and, you know, a zombie apocalypse, like, re- you know, reading will get you there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, dude, speaking of apocalypses, let's talk about some madness. It is March madness time. I mean, I I just want you to know this is actually one of my favorite times of the year. This is like my favorite sporting event because it lasts a month. And it's just a Wednesday for me. It's just a Wednesday. Oh, man, dude. It's so <laughs> I didn't watch a single game. I haven't probably filled out a bracket in probably close to a decade. Dude, this is actually, since you brought it up, I didn't even realize I have been so busy and life has just been just kind of everywhere. I haven't even filled out a bracket and I have not missed filling out a bracket probably since I was 17 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, so like almost 20 years. And so I just aged myself right there. But anyways. Just, I feel like the state of college basketball, it's, they're not, okay, I'm looking at a Marvel poster right now in your house. All right. I feel like Marvel does a good job of mantle building, like building up a character or story or whatever. Yeah. And presenting it, or they in the past they have up to this point. College basketball with the transfer portal and one and dones and everything like that, it's hard to build the culture of a program or a story of a program. And I'm just not invested in college basketball for because I don't follow it throughout the year. I don't have the time to get that invested in the tournament. I'm not I don't like I hate being a hypocrite. So I hate just hopping on and be like, oh, yeah, I know all this stuff about college basketball. Yeah. I've watched it this whole time. I know this team's going to win. So I just 
don't invest in but it. That's a great thing about March Madness is you don't know what team is going to win. Like but I like to know. And that's and that's one thing like that's why they call it March Madness because like mm-hmm. there's only like a couple of games that are for sure. And that's the 1 versus the 16. Mm-hmm. Because that's some and and they and then a and a sixteen seed team can come in and you know and really mess up. They don't. I, can't, I don't know if they've ever beaten anyone. Um, maybe I think they for the have. First time it happened like a a few years. Okay, ago or that's so. what I thought. And so now a fifteen and a two like that happens like once every like five to ten years. It's mm-hmm. crazy because you're still talking about this is a very small school from like some sub conference. That is, you know, like sub, you know, I would say subpar, but like not like a, a power conference um, mm-hmm. or even a major conference, like not even, not even just a power five, not even a major conference is going to show up and, you know, like the, and then they're going to just give somebody a run and all of a sudden they're going to make a great run. And, and I think that's what makes March Madness so cool. But because there's also certain things that always happen, like a 12 seed always beats a five seed. Yeah. Um, and you just have to figure out which one it is. So, mm-hmm. like, you have a 25% chance of guessing which one <laughs> is it going to be. Yeah. And you still have, like, they call them blue bloods. And that's because they're just, like, their teams are the color blue. And they just all happen to be good all the time. Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, Duke North UNC. Carolina. Which North Carolina didn't even Isn't make the, it this yeah. year. Huge news. Like I didn't ever make the connection that they were all blue. I just thought that was, like, an aristocratic term or whatever yeah and well and that's why but they call it like they call them blue bloods because yeah. like they just all happen to be the color blue so yeah. they're all really good um and, and they just happen to be really good so you know yeah but there's and i'm like i said i'm a kansas jayhawk fan we talked about that last like in, in last week's episode uh so like they're actually like they have like 35 winning appearances or sorry, 35 appearances, like, no, consecutively, something like that. They put out a stat that was just crazy. That's crazy. And so they, they happen to be, like, the most winning program. They're, they have, since Bill Self was there, which was, like, yeah, 17 years ago, um, mm-hmm. which is, like, when I went the first time my senior year, he, they have they have the exact same amount of championships that they have at um, – uh, that they have, they have the exact same amount of championships that they have at um, losses at home. Dang! So they have seventeen like Big Twelve championships and only seventeen home losses during his time, like regular season period losses. Yes, yes, wow. insane stuff, man. That's crazy. Insane. So it's been, it's been super super cool. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, so so that's what one of the things like, and they're a number one seed. Um, they're they're and, and they're just really really showing out uh or, or they've been showing out it's going to be we'll, we'll see what happens because you never know what happens like like you, so you is it have, too late to fill out a bracket or are you going to fill out a bracket i think still? i'm gonna fill out a bracket because now there's like um as we're talking like the games start tomorrow which we've we record. so were those the play-in games? yes Oh, yeah, so yeah. the real bracket, the sixty, the sixty-four, yeah, sixty-four so, hasn't started yet, right? So the oh, okay. the ones that played last I'll night, I'll fill out a bracket today, then. Yeah, the ones that played last night were sixty, uh, were, were like the first four. So it goes from sixty-eight, you know, because they'll have, and that I don't like that. I wish they would just do the sixty-four and just be mm-hmm. be good with it. But kind of to your point, like the loss of interest, like dude, it makes so much money. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just a money making thing. So I think that in the regular season, you're going to have just kind of like you do in all college sports, 
Like your schools are going to pay attention. But I used to care, I feel like, about Duke UNC during the regular season or something like that. Oh, I still watch those games. I don't remember even that occurring. Like there's not the Tyler Hansboroughs or anything like that in the game. Oh, there totally are. are? Yeah, yeah, there there totally are. I think that it is... um, I, I it, it is one of those where, yeah, you're going to have like the one and dones and it's just where they go into school at because you may. But I feel like good guys used to stay still to some degree. They like even if you know you could make it into the NBA, those guys would still stay. But with the name image likeness stuff, I don't know why that wouldn't make it more incentivizing for a player to stay. Yeah, because so you you have you have certain ones that are like like uh, I don't know if you remember him or not Nerlens Noel. Mm-hmm. So Nerlens Noel was incredibly good. Freak accident happens. I think he got undercut a little bit, but he falls down off a dunk. Um, and he was playing for Kentucky, and his um, his body hits the mat on the basketball goal to where his knee. Um, the the top part of his knee is on the end, and then the other part extends. Ugh. And so, like, and he hurt, and like, and it, it, it didn't. It wasn't like no Willis McGahey, um, mm-hmm. Miami injury, like something or like super Paul bad. George. Yes, exactly. Ugh. Like it was, but it was bad. Like you knew, yeah. like, oh, dude, dude tore something. And uh, really good book called Players First by John Calipari gives some more insight into that. Um, and it was he was like, hey, look, don't worry about it, like. Worst thing that happens is you're still a millionaire. Like you're still going to have like a $3 million policy that you didn't make it to the NBA. So like you're okay. And then you're still going to, you know, you're still going to get to play. But the difference in like, we just got done watching the Manti Teo documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what we, maybe we talked about that in the last episode, but he, I think co- we talked about it off pod. Off pod. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so dude, he cost him millions of dollars. And I think that that is one of the things that happens is you have these, I'm going to call them kids because like, I remember being 18, 19, 20 years old and like, but you're these, like you have the opportunity to literally change your, your life forever. I I get a hundred percent the decisions they're making. I'm just saying that it's a lesser product because of that i'm not faulting the kids or anything like that for making the decision to make millions and millions of dollars but if you have college basketball players staying for longer periods of times it creates a better game it does yeah objectively yeah because you're getting the you're you're getting like you build a program you build interest in rivalries and like not just off of clout of duke north carolina like you get to invest in this guy versus this guy. Yeah, the, and and I, but that is still one of the things that that I think makes it really good though is because you have, um, you have teams because I feel like the NBA is star driven, yes. and the NCAA is program driven, and you used to have a melding of star and program against each other like yeah. college basketball used to support both you still have that because you're still going to have those teams that are going to show up and that's one of the things that now why these smaller teams do so well is that they've been playing together so they have that chemistry they have the teamwork and then they run up against like someone like a kansas and maybe knock them out in like the sweet 16 or the elite eight 
because you may have all the star power, but you haven't been in the trenches. Y'all haven't played together when things go bad. But the players, they used to have, like, I'll say the my last big, big college basketball or football uh, memory was uh, Texas versus USC. And you had Vince Young there for three years. You had yeah. Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart there for three years. And in college basketball, you used to have, I feel like, those players that would stick along at these big programs for the extended amount of time. And you could have those rivalries. Right. But now it's just the, I don't even know the guy from Alabama that Get is. in all that trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if he was there for several years, and I get 100% why they're not there. But right. I'm just saying it's not as interesting of a project product because I'm just waiting for these guys to be in the NBA. Yeah. And 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 some of that though, you'll have like guys who'll be really good in college, but their their game translates only in a team setting. Whereas the NBA, like you said, is more star driven. And so they're not going to they're not gonna be as good mm-hmm. in um in the NBA. You know, like I mean, I always think of you know, perfect examples like JJ Redick and Adam Morrison. Yeah. They were great shooters. They're role players. But in college, like they were studs. Right. Yeah. They were just, you know, like they're arguing who's the best player of the year. And that was a long time ago. But you still have other ones like and and even that like with Duke, uh, whenever Duke had um Zion and RJ Barrett. Barrett, like they didn't win. Yeah. They didn't win the championship or, you know, the national championship. And so there are still there's still those things where you're going to have you're going to have a couple of players that are going to do really really well um Kentucky's always good uh with like some of their players like they'll have you know but I feel like in college basketball the star never wins at this point right cuz they so that's not interesting but they can't cuz they can't beat a full team yeah you know and they can't beat that teamwork that where you have and so you have to have a mix where you have a guy buy in which i mean dude it is one of those um i think it's so cool cuz when it comes to like leadership like do you have can your best player go okay i need to do other things like play defense, mm-hmm. you know, like James Harden isn't going to play defense, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like there are guys in the NBA, like I just, no, I'm just not going to do that. Like you'll mm-hmm. get all my effort on one side yeah, and that's it, you know? And so, but basketball is a two way sport. You got to play offense. You got to play defense. Like you don't get to sound like football. You don't get to just sub out. Yeah. So you got to rebound. Like there's a lot of things you have to be. And, and that's what happens. And I think that's one of the things for me that I enjoy about March Madness is the um the randomness of it mm-hmm. because you're not going to it in like compared to the NBA you can see from like game 1 and game 2 like oh man like this team is going to give that team you know a a hard time you know mm-hmm. like the Dallas Mavericks and the Suns yeah you're going to have that rivalry now like with Devin Booker and Luka yeah. and you're like dude I'm going to tune in for this you know I'm and this the whole Luca Devin Booker thing has kind of made me dislike Devin Booker. Just why not? Why does it make you not like Luca? Not like Luca? Yeah, like like why isn't that the other way? Because, like, if you're just front running, I don't like just be consistent. Don't just when you have a lead, chirp. That like, was what's crazy. So if you watch that, like, I don't know if, how much you watch that, but I watched that over and over. Like Devin Booker isn't even talking to, uh, just Luka. that mindset though. Like, 
Well, he was talking to, well, he wasn't even talking to Luca. He was like, hey, like he was talking to the ref. He was like, hey, that was a charge. That was a charge. Mm. And so, and Luca was like, and then now Luca like gets to spin the whole story like, oh, why are you talking now? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, dude, I wasn't even talking to you. Like, we already <laughs> have beef. So now he's yeah. going to go and be like, now you're talking after you're winning. And it's like, yeah. Dude, that's I, the time to talk. Is like because he got humbled, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. he got humbled before. Like they were up, I think three one, and he started chirping, mm-hmm. and then Luca played outside of his mind, came back, and they yeah. beat him uh, in the series last. It was uh, yeah last year. So I'm kind of looking at those things, and I'm like, yeah, dude, if that was me, like I wouldn't be chirping either if I know that gets him in the right mindset. Yeah. They said, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so because yeah. I mean, you especially those n- goat level like ability players you don't want to chirp to them for sure and luca i played in that extra gear he does and i played against some guys that i realized like okay like if i chirp at this guy yeah uh, and it's all i mean you've played basketball a lot and so i i know that i'm not that athletically gifted whenever it comes to like certain levels i'm an athlete you know but i'm older and i'm an older athlete now (laughs) so i'm trying not to get hurt Uh, but I realized like whenever I play with some people that if I encouraged them and I was nice to them, they played worse. <laughs> they get comfortable. So I would be their fan, you know, I'd be like, yeah. Hey man, don't worry, dude. That was a good shot, dude. I mean, everything was right on that one. It just didn't yeah. go in. Good look, man. Yes. Cause I want him to take that shot again. That was yeah. a terrible look. That was some awful. people get offended and crumble when you back off on them. And some people, like take that as motivation and like, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt, you know, so like they're, yeah. So, and I think you're right. I think Luca is that guy who he just hits it into another level. Yeah. So that was, that I wasn't under, I thought that I heard the narrative of, Oh, he said something to the ref, but I just assumed that, okay. Yeah. Some other words were said uh, between him and Luca and, and they were afterwards. Cause like Luca got up in his face mm. because I mean, it totally was a charge. The guy was outside yeah. of the restricted zone, had his feet planted. Speaking and then, of charge, that video I sent you the other day where the guy dunked on him. Was that in the tournament? No, no, that was a AAU tournament. Okay. That was yeah. so egregious. The, oh, for sure. There was, are. And that's the other thing too, is that as somebody who had to be like the good, there's so much criticism of the game being soft. And they put it on the players. It is, but, but it's it's the refs. It's the refs. It's they don't the refs allow the game for to sure. be like they don't allow players to play. Like you can't let a guy get dunked on. Like when they call the double tech on even in that. Yes, like when they call the oh yes that, okay no that that wasn't that. But I know what you're talking about. I thought you you because you sent me another one. But yeah, when that was one of the they called the charge when the guy jumped, jumped in the up. air. Once you so in basketball once you leave your feet which means that you're off the ground or your feet are moving like you as a defensive player, you lose all right. Yeah. Like, but when your feet are set, you have like, that's your only advantage. And so, yeah, whenever he like, you're right, dude, they've made it. This is going to open up my soapbox. <laughs> Get on it. No, bro. Cause <laughs> it is so, it does. It becomes so soft. It's not it's not fair to criticize the players when the refs are cold, cultivating an environment where that can't exist. Well the and the NBA's doing it because it makes them more money. Yeah. And that's that's fine like it makes more money brings the the guy who doesn't play wants to watch because like oh we're scoring scoring more points. Same thing with the NFL. You know like there are some where it's like But that doesn't cultivate that. 
when you d- can't let a guy get dunked on, that's taking the points away. No, absolutely. Absolutely. No, it definitely is. Cause, but it's still like, it's still like in the whole thing of it because like that call is allowed because it's some of it is a makeup call, mm. you know, on yeah. something else. Like that's the only thing I could think of, you know, and cause the other thing that guy could do is that they have a term like swallow your whistle. It's like you either don't blow it or, or you're like, oh, hey, I accidentally blew it. Like yeah. I was or you make a like you blew the whistle because you thought it was going to be one. But in that in that regard, like you could have just given him an and one. Yeah. Like you could have just been like, oops, I was going to go for the charge. But you know what? Like I'm going to need to do a makeup call later. That's a block. You're shooting one. Yeah. You know, like that one would have been better. And I could have understood that and then gone like, you know, then like on, you know, you, you do a makeup call later or whatever yeah. that happens in basketball, like as refs, you know, like I, I've seen that happen a bunch. Like, Oh, Hey dude, you know, my just bad. So you, yeah, absolutely. My bad. Like, so if there's like a ball that's going to go out of bounds and it's kind of iffy, like we we're just going to go the other way. Yeah. Like, Hey, makeup call. All right, cool. Like, yeah. As a player, these guys know that too. They're looking at it and they're going, Hey, and I don't know if you saw the thing from Van Vliet where he just, goes off on the refs or whatever no but i think the players are like he just goes on this like cussing tirade of this one particular (laughs) ref like he's awful blah blah blah. he just really goes off on him yeah but i think the players are recognizing like okay we're getting this criticism but it's a lot of the blame is on someone else yeah it's the it's definitely the organization because the nba has so much weight and clout even for obviously like like we were talking March Madness, like even that it filters down into that. Um, whereas I mean, you know, but that's but that, that's been happening for forever. Like they don't call violations, they don't call travel, they don't call double dribble because it slows uh, the game down. It slows the game down. But I mean, you have guys that are just like take massive advantage of it. And mm-hmm. even now, like where now they have like they added extra it's rules. Like kids, if you don't police it, they're just gonna run away with it well even that like we all do that like hey if this works to my advantage then i'm going to use it whether it's business yeah you know investing <laughs> absolutely yeah for sure like hey dude yeah. that doesn't feel ethical but it's legal yeah like hey like i didn't make the rules like i just got to play it with them mm-hmm. you know and 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 that's uh and that's one of those we're not cheating on our taxes by the way yeah absolutely just, for there sure are things yeah i mean business like all those things like people there's some things that people do i remember doing some help like with a non-profit and they uh i was like hey like that doesn't seem um and i was talking to an attorney about it and and they're like no like that's legal it doesn't seem ethical but like that's what the government wants you to do and and so (laughs) and i'm like dang yeah that's wild but so it, it ends up being one of those like, yeah, like whatever the rules are, like people are going to use them, abuse them or, or try to reuse them. Mm-hmm. So there's so I, I don't fault them for that because that was happening even like whenever I was on the come up, like playing basketball. Um, that's why they considered, you know, some people considered like the early 2000s to be like the worst era of basketball, you know, right after Michael Jordan left mm-hmm. and then all the way oh, to like some of my favorite memories of basketball dude it was Shaq era oh and and that was why they were so dominant because they were such a good team played the game the right way and they were so good Mm -hmm. and so that's why dude they would just run through people like if you go back and look at it they didn't though because that was like the Spurs and the Mavericks were juggernauts too the Lakers were just so dominant that's what I mean though like that's like I mean to to whenever you have a dynasty you are running through mm-hmm. people, you know, like that's why, but like, they weren't the, what I'm saying is the, who they were running through 
weren't just chumps. They were any other era. They would have been. Yeah, they just, were still your upper like like your top four teams are still really good. Mm-hmm. Like those, those like your top four teams are still really good. That's why they're there. But dude, if you look at like their eight seeds or six seeds, like it's all like a one person show. Yeah. It's not one of those where you're having, you know, like you're like, I mean, dude, like they're, they're running against like Tracy McGrady, who's dropping like 50, yeah. but they're getting blown out by <laughs> 20 or 30. Yeah. You know, so there's there, there were just things like if you look back at it, it, it definitely is one of those that is it, it just wasn't a good a good era of basketball, but it was a good era for college basketball because they had to stay a certain amount of time. Um, well, no, some of them were just leaving. And so then they instituted, you know, they were skipping college altogether. Then they instituted like the one and done, which helped the NBA out because you had these kids that were just because they had so many flops. Yeah, they had Kobe Bryant, LeBron, uh, LeBron Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett. You had these like that were great. But dude, there were so many other flops Stephon, that if you are not who was the. Sebastian Telfair, uh, yeah, that's the main flop of like my generation. Yeah, there was a bunch that were just flops, and that was why I was such a huge fan that they instituted the one and done rule. And then, of course, like you know, of course, like people are going to take advantage of it. Um, John Calipari was notorious for that, and then uh, Coach K started doing it. And I think that was the thing with college basketball is you do have those programs, but they're really more based around coaches Mm -hmm. than they are the players until you have like a, a stud come out. But you also have guys who were like Mac McClung who just won the, uh, the, the dunk contest. There's so much, uh, access to who these players are coming out of high school. Yeah. But he was just like a three-star recruit. Mm-hmm. He was a six-one white dude who could jump out the gym, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and that was really what his game was, like. And he was a mediocre shooter, you know. He could drive the paint pretty well, but then, like, if he got into the paint and he could elevate, it was like he was a great finisher at mm-hmm. the rim. And so he went to Georgetown. Then from Georgetown, he transferred to Tech, Texas Tech, and and then you know, then he got like a a ten day. You know, mm-hmm. and so and it's trying to work his way into the NBA, and I think that's one of those that we have to look like you have to look at and go, okay, like he's somebody who even had to transfer a lot in college, uh, and so but the game, I mean, the game is different. It's the same thing with the NFL because you have like you have some of these guys who like these are the best of the best mm-hmm. from the past ten years that you're going against. Yeah, and it's the same thing with the NBA. You know, Kevin Durant left texas a long time ago Mm -hmm. but you don't want to match up against him like he's a matchup nightmare for everybody yeah because no one is built that way to be able to guard him it's super tough and to your point again it's super tough to guard when the refs have set an expectation for you that allow i mean and there's so much money that goes into it because now i was talking with this you know it was an argument with with a guy and i say argument because the guy had no idea what he was talking about <laughs> on like why he felt lebron was better than jordan and i'm like that's great like we can have that discussion yeah. but uh but he was like well the players are just better now than what they were before and i was like dude i don't like i don't think so there are some statistics like everyone is 10 pounds lighter 
The game's just different. It is. It is a different game. And it just makes it so hard to compare. You can't. Yeah, you can't compare it because then you're also having to say, look at them and go like, oh, well, I don't think they would last in this era. And it's like they probably wouldn't because they've never had to play with that rule set. Mm-hmm. You know, and the same thing, like, well, I think they would be mediocre because like they don't have a three-point shot. And they it was didn't beca- have to. Right. And what is because the three point shot was dangerous because like you had to get that shot off like that shot had to be in rotation because if you tried it off the dribble, they just slap you in the face. Yeah, because they could get away with it because the ball was by your face. And so after a while, like I know you're laughing, but that was the truth. I get it. Like if you look at Reggie Miller, like even though he was a great shooter, one of the best shooters ever. Him, even Larry Bird was a great shooter. Like a lot of times they didn't, you know, they had, they did a dribble drive and then jump up because the defenders off balance, whereas like trying to pull up real quick from three and then take that shot, like that, that had to be developed. And there's a whole yeah. history behind that where it's super cool. Like there, you know, a division two coach comes up with this idea that we don't shoot, we shoot no jump shots. There's only two shots that, or three shots technically that are allowed: threes, two or threes, layups, and dunks. And that was his whole game plan. And he ran through like Division Two, like wildfire. Something similar. I lived in Arkansas, and there was a coach there that he never punted on fourth downs. Oh, that was and, that was there. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> guy's a legend. That's what. I'm, that's cool to like. I would witness part of that happening. Like my cousin played on that team. And just he rose up the ranks of notoriety and everything. And I think he's like coaching in the NFL now just because he had this one specific mindset that changed the game and he was just running through people. So I thought that that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so those are, so yeah, so all that to say we got, we went everywhere on that one. (laughs) I'm excited for March Madness. We'll make some brackets and we'll have a good time. And so um, let's get into, we got, I got a couple more. So let's get, dude, so you put something on here that now you go to a lot of comedy shows and you've invited me and I just haven't been able to go because mm-hmm. my dad yeah and those, those you know at dad one you know um, I love being married so trying to make sure everything stays healthy yeah so dude you are a comedy guy I love to laugh I, and I'm I'm with you I, I enjoy laughing however like dude you are. Like you're on top. You send me some of the greatest. You need so if y'all don't have a friend that just sends you random reels all the time, you need to <laughs> add find me that friend. on Instagram. Yeah, you can add him, but you just need Christ-like to find that love. friend. Yeah, <laughs> I'll send you all the funny reels and memes. Uh, yeah, dude, because I mean, you you definitely like get them. And so now you had you had to like let's talk about some comedies, dude. And I'm totally down with that. So, so what we, I presented was we're gonna just pick our favorite comedy from each decade from the 80s. So. For me, I was started I was, the eighties or yeah, the nineties. I neither one. I wasn't alive in the eighties, but okay. when I was, I was like three when I was building my when list. We got out of the eighties. So <laughs> <laughs> when I was building my list, I came across a movie that I feel like I couldn't leave out. Okay, so my eighties movie is Coming to America. It's so good. It is. It's just such a hilarious. Eddie Murphy is a, and he's kind of come back like to where people are realizing, like in my opinion, how funny this dude yeah. really is. And I feel like we both watched you people. Yes, I feel like he was underutilized in that. Totally. Like they didn't let him be Eddie Murphy. I feel like, and maybe he's just not that anymore, or I he's mean, not comfortable getting he. 
I thought get he back was, into that. Yeah, and it I thought good. he was great. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think that Jonah Hill put on his best performance. Yeah, I'm a big Jonah Hill fan. Too. I love Jonah Hill too, man. Like he, like I felt like he was kind of like stuck in it. Yeah, and then Eddie Murphy was just carrying it, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would totally, I would have totally loved to see more Eddie Murphy being. I would like to see them be them in a movie together because I'm a fan oh, of both of them, that would and be. I don't feel like either one of them was true to who I like them as characters. Yeah. That would be so good. Yeah. So, so good. Do you so you started at nineties then? Or do you Yeah, have a, I, do you I started go I started at nineties. Coming to America. But, but I yeah, I mean I think any Eddie Murphy that you pull like like some of the Beverly Hills cops. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, those are so funny. I haven't seen I don't know that I've seen any of those. So funny. I have, let me look it up real quick to make sure I didn't just pull one from the nineties. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure like those those were there. Um so you want to go on your '90s one then? Um, let me see when it. Yeah, so it did came out in 1984. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. So yeah. Because he was he was. I mean, he was hilarious. Like I thought it was. I was thought it was Axel great. Something right. Uh, yes. Yes. He, I, I think it has to be Axel. But he was. You know, he was a Detroit cop, and that was the thing. Like they made him tough, made him funny. Man, I mean, he, he was just. It was just so. He was an icon in the just that whole '80s '90s era. He was. Just yes, a super duper star. Yes, uh, but I don't know that we have anybody that kind of occupies that. Oh, dude, space Kevin Hart. And, mm, I don't know that he gets as he's as popular maybe because of social media. Uh huh. But to be as popular as Eddie was without social media, I feel like I give him so much more of a nod than Kevin Hart. Because yeah. I feel like if Eddie released something, you had to see it. I feel, not that I'm calling him corny or whatever, but I feel like Kevin has kind of reached that realm where Eddie kind of, towards the tail end of his career, kind of got the corny, and then he just kind of went away and didn't really make anything for a while. I feel like Kevin Hart has kind of started to approach that maybe in some people's minds. Yeah, he definitely could have. And I think it goes it goes like back and forth. So... So getting into like the the nineties, mm. dude, I loved every Sinbad movie ever. Like <laughs> Shazam, yeah, was so was, good. So wait, I know there's a Shazam and a Kazam debate or whatever. Yeah, and one of them, like that's the Mandela effect thing, or what was the one that didn't exist? I think Shazam might be right. They're saying like Shazam was the one that didn't, but I, like, I distinctly like remember that movie where he's a genie. Yes. And I distinctly remember that movie. And like, and it was, I mean, you look know, that one up. Cause I don't know. That I just did. And that was did? why I was okay. like, that's why. Cause I had to like, I had to legitimately, um, I, I had to legitimately like go back and, and look at it because I was like, wait a minute. I don't remember like if this one really existed, but I remember in my mind like Shazam just being hilarious. Or sorry, Shazam, um, but him being hilarious in a genie movie. Yeah, and I remember like it was Shazam, and then Kazam was I believe Shaq. Shaq. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was. So what's the one that doesn't exist then? No, no, that was the one. So it says um, Sinbad Shazam, the movie that never existed. And they have. So this is one your favorite comedy of the '90s, but it didn't exist. Right. And this is like Sinbad Shazam Genie movie. He admits the 90s film is real. Like, I remember watching this movie and then, like, and they have, like, I mean, it's a whole thing now. So, um, 
but it was great like uh first kid was another one mm-hmm. where he was a bodyguard like and so those are just ones that i just remember um were just like so sinbad just sinbad was like yes yeah, sinbad yeah he was uh he was just the one that was just hilarious to me it was that and good burger man i would good, do like oh, that yeah. i would do the good burger in the 90s like all the time like i was like i think i was like first or second grade whenever good burger <laughs> came out and it was yeah. And I loved Kel Mitchell, loved all that. Mm. So it would be like, welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? Yes. It was, and there was, a, there was one bit, and I think it was on all that because that was the SNL for like kids um, on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. And it was this one bit where uh, all of his insides were, all, he had to like go to get an x-ray. All of his organs were orange. And they're like, how is that possible? Art soda. Yes. <laughs> and like, and they're like, they're like, and they're like, he's like, well, I do like orange soda. And they're like, but you would have to drink. Like, and the doctor was like, do you understand? You would have to drink gallons and gallons and liters of gallons of orange soda for that to happen. And then he just acts like he's oblivious. Like he's like, oh. What and so and then Keenan was like, "Yep, that's him." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would have to say like so in the '90s, those were definitely my go-to's. Okay. So for me, the '90s, I feel like these the movie that I'm picking, the people that are in the two stars that are in it dominated this era, and this is just them at the top of their games. So my '90s movie is Life. Okay, that with Martin Lawrence Lawrence and and Eddie Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Eddie Murphy showing up on the board again. Let's go. Love me some Eddie Murphy and Martin in life. Me and my best friend Chris, we watched this movie after we graduated one summer. Literally every day that summer, while he was getting ready for uh, to go to college to Uh play football, we just kind of trained that summer together, and we would just kind of ease the tension with watching life every day and just so many la- every time every day we would laugh at the same jokes and everything it's just such a comforting movie it's so hilarious martin and eddie are just the whole time they're on screen just on 10 just yeah. laughs coming at you the whole time oh i love that movie you gonna eat your cornbread <laughs> <laughs> no i was Yes, he gonna eat his yeah. cornbread. Oh man, that scene is hilarious. <laughs> it is, it is golden. Like, cause Martin uh, Lawrence is like, no, nah, no, nah, go for it. And Eddie Murphy's like, no, nah. no, he ain't gonna. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he gonna eat his cornbread. Oh man, oh man, dude. So Eddie. then hopping into the two thousands. So I would say mine is a toss up between two. Okay, so in the two thousands. Now this one was like late nineties, but then the rest of it, it's a series ran into the two thousands. Rush Hour. Oh, that's so. I I built a list. I've got several that I'm still debating right now okay. as I pick which one I'm gonna pick. Rush Hour Two was one of yeah. So that, so like the Rush Hour One, Rush Hour Two, Rush Hour Three. Rush like, Hour Two is the best one, the uh, yeah. funniest at least. Yeah, it, they they were so good, man. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, the, I I loved it. And then the 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 set the one that would like is is either right there or running a close second. Wouldn't put it above at rush hour because it, there was a, a series. You know, mm-hmm. There's two and three happened in, in the early, in the two thousands. Oh, so you're combining rush hour two? Yeah, and yeah, three. I'm okay. saying, yeah, yeah. I'm saying just. I, I mean, feel even, like two is noticeably funnier than three. Yeah, I, and and definitely so because okay. rush hour three was which one was that one? Was France. That? 
France. That's right. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I've yeah. never been with an American man before. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> Oh, Chris Tucker! I, is dude, so I think funny. it was Chris and Tucker. Because in the man. '90s, Friday was oh the so one I was good. On oh man, he's so good, so good. He is so so funny, so funny. He's yeah. just so talented, so funny, and it's just like I mean, his punchlines and just his moments of creativity are just awesome. Yeah. So then I would say for me, like right there, not uh, it's honorable mention have to be mm-hmm. Wedding Crashers. I, Me and my wife have watched Wedding, Wedding Cra- Crashers so I much. I love Vince Vaughn. Vince, Vince Vaughn, Vaughn is, yes. Make a comeback, Vince Vaughn. Oh, man, please. dude. You're I hilarious. Mean, d- dude, do whatever you want to do, bro. You get them checks coming in, like <laughs> whatever artistic expression. But if you yeah. want to do some more comedy, we're here for it. I'm just yeah. saying. But he was he was so, so funny. I can't say, uh, I mean, all those jokes in that one are so lewd that we are keeping a clean show. <laughs> Uh, Otherwise, I'd be dropping some of the jokes because we want you to be able to listen to some of this with your kids. But Wedding Crashers was 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 there for me. So Rush Hour, Wedding Crashers a close second. So so two thousand. If we're dropping some honorable mentions, two thousands is probably my the best comedy era for me in terms of movies. My I'll uh, do the honorable mentions first. Forty um, year old virgin. Okay. I love that movie. Kevin Hart, uh, Steve Carell is so funny in that. Hitch. Oh, yeah. I forgot Hitch was, Hitch was in there. It was good. One of Will Smith's funniest movies. 51st Dates. Yeah. That's, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, Rush Hour 2. That's another honorable mention, but it kind of comes down to two heavy hitters for me. So the winner for me would have been Super Bad. Okay. I really just yes. I love Jonah Hill. Like and that's so just him. It's a obviously really crude movie. Like it's I don't watch it that often, but when I really, really need a good laugh, I'll throw it on and man, it's just so funny. I was in high school at the time. And I feel like it's just a really kind of grounded depiction of just two friends. Like I'm that's kinda um one of the themes of some of the movies on my list is just two friends, two guys. That's kind of how Judd Apatow kind of got his claim to fame is I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts and everything like that. And okay. He, what he, they've kind of uh, put upon him is he's good at depicting male friendship. And I think that's very accurately depicted in Superbad. Uh, but my honorable, the number two that I was debating on for me was Mean Girls. I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I'm a, right. I'm a sucker for a good rom-com I that was a one I I grew up with uh my mom and I were kind of a, alone for that for a period and I uh, had a lot of not girlfriends but women or girls that, girls. girls that yeah. were friends and that was something that we connected on uh mean girls dude I'm actually looking through this so like w- one of the ones for my for my 2010s, mm-hmm. I just looked at it and I was certain it was in the 20, like right at 2010. Turns uh-huh. out it was 2008. And then went through all these movies now as they were talking, <laughs> looking on my phone and realized, like, dude, there were so many great movies. But mine that was going to be in what I thought was 2010 was Semi Pro with Will I Ferrell. I have seen that one. Oh, I'm a big man. Will Ferrell fan, though. Dude, and then I'm going through looking here and I'm like, dude, there's so, like Will Ferrell had a run from 2000 to 2010 
of just fantastic movies. Step Brothers, Anchorman, Talladega Nights, Semi-Pro, Elf. I mean, dude, what a freaking That's something run. we can do, like, just runs of um, of actors and what kind of their... So what would you say is the epitome for um, Will Ferrell in uh, that run? What's the peak for you? Dude, I don't even... So run off those again? Real I don't quick. even know. Okay, so here they're they're not in any particular order, but um, I mean, so he was in Zoolander. He was no, in not uh, Zoolander, Kicking and Screaming, Semi Pro, not Semi Pro for me. I know you said that was your yeah, that was that's gonna be it. But Anchorman two, but Anchorman the the first Anchorman two I would was say in, Elf for me would probably be the so the high mark. Okay, well him. there's Elf old school. That like I like old, old school. school. But he's, he doesn't drive that, I don't think. No, maybe but he, in terms of comedy. Yeah. Oh, well, oh I mean, he, he's Frank the Tank. Yeah. So I mean, he was. Uh, there was so. It's <laughs> 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 so good. Um, I mean, there's just so many. We're going streaking. Uh, yeah. Everybody. <laughs> Who's going? Everybody. <laughs> um, oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, dude. I mean, dude, Talladega Nights. He was golden. So if you ain't first, you're last. Will be. Yeah. Uh, Step Brothers. Uh, Step Brothers An- is Anchorman. I mean, dude, Ron Burgundy. Um, I'm Ron Burgundy. Who put a question mark on the teleprompter? <laughs> I mean, there was just so yeah, so many um, that were just oh man, so good. And I like because I was gonna try to come with something that was. That was going to be there. That was like, oh, this is a gold. Like, I love semi-pro, especially we were just talking basketball. I'm a basketball mm-hmm. fan. I thought that it was it was hilarious. Um, but, dude, I mean, there were just there's some there's some of them that were just so good in 2010 that I can't really just, like, point out which one was my favorite one. There was a bunch of, dude, ironically enough, there was a bunch of really good kid movies that I'm just going to have to, like, bring them in and I'll say this, that mine would be that I thought were hilarious was all the Lego movies. I don't know that I saw any of the Lego movies. You've never seen like... like I saw Lego, Lego Batman. Okay. I think that's the only one I've seen. Uh, dude, I remember I laughed hysterically in Lego Batman. It like, was pretty good. I was I was coming through. And so like Lego Movie 1 and Lego Movie 2. And some of these two were also... Uh, my son was just the age to really go see movies. Mm-hmm. So we were going to go, we were seeing a bunch of those. Yeah. So, you they know, just hold a special place for you. I think so. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's really more because like those would just still be like super, super funny to me. Yeah. Um, but they, and I, and maybe that's like where the switch is. Cause like, as we're talking, I'm looking at this going like, dude, there were some really degrading comedies <laughs> that I was watching in like the, Two thousands, like, yes. They get more wholesome as the years go. Yes, absolutely. Because my son was, you know, my oldest was born in two thousand twelve, yeah. so it's like from that point on, you know, if I'm like I'm watching shows that he doesn't necessarily like know about yet, like yeah. Key and Peele and the Chappelle Show on the mm-hmm. regular. So yeah, so but for me, yeah, twenty tens would have to be um, would have to be like the Lego Movie series. Okay. And for me, man, I'm seeing a trend in my, which is just making me more disappointed that you people wasn't a better movie. So my 2010s is 21 Jump Street. So I've got two Eddie Murphy movies. Two Jonah Hill. Two Jonah Hill movies. And I should have loved you people then. Like two of my favorite comedic actors. 
in one movie that, ah, oh, man, that should that's disappointing. Yeah. But I just love that friendship that's being displayed by him and Channing Tatum. They just do a really good job on screen. It's they a do. hilarious movie. Ice Cube's hilarious in it. Oh, he is awesome. I mean, I just always think of like the, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. <laughs> the captain's daughter, you know. Yeah. Like, and you bragged about it to his face. They just I think that, that was Jump Street 2. 21 Jump Street oh, yeah, 2. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And that was good as well. But yeah. I, the first one just, it set the standard. And just, they do so well together. They really do. Like, I wasn't, I was, I had obviously been a Jonah Hill fan. I wasn't, I didn't have any feelings towards Channing Tatum. Uh But it kind of made me see him in a positive light. Just not this muscled up symbol or whatever. Yeah. But like, okay, he can act. Like, he's a funny dude. But uh, also, Bridesmaids gets an honorable mentioned for me that was watch out i thought that was a pretty funny one too bro you're just hitting them up with these rom-coms i love i was talking because i was uh talking to my wife about this list and like obviously watched our rom-coms together one of my favorite rom-coms in the last probably few years crazy rich i was about don't you say it (laughs) i loved that movie so gosh (laughs) but it it wasn't funny enough for me to put on the list. Yeah. So, but we were talking and discussing, and that that gets an honorable mention for me. Uh, that that's one of those that there are certain movies that my wife knows. Like, you know what? I'm not even gonna ask. I'm you. guessing you're not a big rom com. I'm not. I mean, okay. like they're okay, but it's not like yes. I'm not gonna be like super excited about it. Yeah. You know, I can you know the same laugh I feel like I can get from a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. That's so, true. Then, then, you know, like I want to see somebody get punched in the face and then laugh about it, you know, not, <laughs> yeah, you know, good and evil. I want to see good triumph over evil other mm-hmm. than like, oh, my feelings are hurt. Yeah. So maybe I need, um, what's that? Um, get in touch with your, your sympathy feminist. training. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, y'all pray for your boy. But <laughs> pray for me too. We can all use prayer. We'll pray for you as well. Yeah. Dude, and then so in the 2020s, because I know you said you had a couple of them already, right? I don't. You don't? That's, okay, cool. All right, then we I, can. I'll be honest, I couldn't come up with a movie for the 2020s. Okay, cool. I, I, I don't think there's been like a great one there yet, hasn't. in like, my opinion. On the movies, on ter- uh, par with the movies that we've discussed, I don't think that I could come up with a movie. That's that, just that funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, there was one like. Because I was like, oh, man, wait, did, does he have one? So I looked him up real quick. But then it showed someone who I have to mention because I acted like this person in the 90s all the time. And that was Ace Ventura. Is that that was that was saying that Jim Carrey? He has a movie that's out? No, no, no. It, it said that Sonic the Hedgehog I, was a I, comedy. OK, I enjoyed the Sonic movie. I, I did, too. But that was. Oh, yeah. Sonic 2 was in. The 2020s. Uh, I think Sonic 1. Yeah, Sonic so- 2 or Sonic 1 Sonic was. 1 I don't think was. Okay. Sonic 2 was in the 2020s and that was good. But I saw his face and I was like, oh my gosh, I did not even mention this guy's name. Jim Carrey in the 90s? Yeah. Wow. Dumb and Dumber? My wife was liar, offended liar. that I didn't put Dumb and Dumber as my 90s movie. That's Dude. like her all time. And then even that, I didn't even, I didn't even mention Another Ace- heavy hitter we missed, Jack Black. Yes, dude. Like School of Rock, School early two thousands. So yes, Nacho Libre. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, he he did some movies that were just so so funny. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that, that was one of those, we could just go through and just do like a top five from, from each decade yeah. and that would probably do more justice than what we just did. Yeah. But if you've never watched any of those movies, you're welcome. Um, get in there. No spoilers this time. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> but I, I can't even believe I didn't put Ace Ventura, like even as a mention. Yeah. And so that's why I had to, cause I would literally walk around my house and talk to my parents through my butt. <laughs> Because that's what he did. I'd be like, hello, how are you doing today? And then like, I would get in trouble, you know? Now, do your sons do that? No, they've never even seen it, you know? Now, my oldest, Eli, if he saw that, he would probably act just like Ace Ventura. Because like, uh, that personality is is similar. Which kind of brings in something like, how do you share your good interests with your kids? And I wanted to ask you that question because I feel like you're really good at this. So, because... And you brought up like something like you got me into comics, but like mm-hmm. you had mentioned earlier in the show, like, so what are some, cause I, this is just going to be a segment like where I'm just going to ask you these questions. Cause I really feel like as a dad, bro, you kill this. You're oh, so good you. at that. So how do you share your interests with your kids? So I'm blessed in the fact that a lot of my kids interests to this point have lined up with mine. So I've kind of taken the approach of, okay, this is an opportunity for me to still be young at heart and just enhance that experience for them. Mm. So like my kids are into Bluey and like there was one day we were going to the Riverwalk and my daughter, we had done the Home Depot project or whatever. Oh yeah. And they dressed up in their Bluey costumes and I was in dressed up as the dad bandit. And they wanted to keep them on during the day. And I had something to do at the Riverwalk. And so we kept them on at the Riverwalk. Wow. And just like cosplaying or something like that. It's something I'm getting into. And they're getting into it as well. Like we have our own like Spider-Verse costumes. And I love Spider-Man. And they love Spider-Man. And it's just sharing my interests with them. And if they pick up on it, okay, it's just an opportunity. I What I say to my wife is I'm creating my own best friends. Okay. Like, so I share my interest with them and if they have an interest with it, I just nurture it. And if they don't have an interest, okay, I just, I'm not going to force that upon them. But mm. if they do, I already know like, okay, they have some semblance of me within them. So I know the thing, the aspects of it that I like, I'm going to introduce it to them, see, pick up on what they like, don't like, and just kind of go from there. Just knowing your kids and adapting is kind of the key for me. Yeah. You said something that I thought was really cool that I think was like how you do it. Someone asked you some questions regarding that was you enhance that. Like, so you find something that they like or enjoy Mm -hmm. and then you enhance that. And then, you know, uh, I think a perfect example is because, you know, obviously we're friends is that I see, you know, you'll, you'll go to like a comic con or, or Mm -hmm. like a comic, um, uh, or retro, festival or something mm-hmm. here in the area and then y'all all dress up as like spider-man yeah and so like so what are some ideas on like how do you enhance that for your kids just recognizing their interest and building some fantastical element to it or mm. whatever and like just building within them like they're not ashamed to be proud of it or happy about it because like i'm an adult and i like spider-man like not yeah. a lot of grown men are willing or able to like express that or whatever but i don't have any reservations or you're shame. trying to impress anybody uh, yeah like i'm not trying to i'm not going out and 
looking to impress someone dressed out as Spider-Man going to Target with my daughter or whatever. Yeah. Like I'm just focused on, okay, what can I do to make this a memorable experience for my daughter or make mm. sure that she's having fun or looking back on like, okay, because my fandom of Spider-Man, a p- portion of that is attached to, okay, I looked at my uncle and he was the coolest dude I know, I knew. And I went and saw my first Spider-Man with him and he loved it. We loved it. We shared that experience together. I want to create those moments with my daughter and this is me doing it. I want to create him with my son and that's an opportunity for me to do it, for them to have memories to look back on. Okay, this is why I love Spider-Man because my dad was willing to go out and do this on top of, okay, Spider-Man has all these characters or characteristics or whatever that I like about him, but also this experience that I shared with my dad. Dude, that's really cool. Thank uh, you. That's really cool. And I think the, the like one of the takeaways that I'm getting from that is like something that you're not really saying, so I'm going to kind of put the words okay. in your mouth. But it's this is, is that we had said like you're not trying to impress anybody. Yeah. But you're only, you really are trying to impress two people. Yeah. And that's your kids. Yeah. Like those so like all like as we're not trying to impress anyone, like now you're putting all your efforts into like, hey, I'm gonna make this memorable. Yeah. Impress because impress is to impress upon, mm-hmm. you know, to do that's I think that's that's great. So hopefully y'all took some words from that because that's really really helpful in just dealing with life and get creating those interests and sharing those with your kids yeah thank y'all so much for tuning into the show uh we appreciate it y'all have a good one make sure that you subscribe or follow the show and uh we'll see you next time god bless <laughs>